Radio Studio at the George Washington Broadcast Center. Jack Armstrong and Joe Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. The Winter Olympics are, uh, I guess, coming. I don't know. They're happening in Beijing next month. COVID or not, there will be no spectators. And now Olympic officials are warning athletes to avoid handshakes, high fives, or hugs while they're over there. But they're still planning to hand out condoms. Which is confusing. What about people who like to high-five after sex? Amusing. I kind of agree with his, I guess the Olympics are coming one of these days. I mean, you just kind of keep hearing about it, but no. And I, I, I don't know what it's going to feel like. I'm kind of interested in how the whole Olympic thing is going to feel. I, I, I feel like I'm going to feel guilty if I watch it. And maybe yeah. I should. Yeah, and I think yeah. NBC's probably feeling that a little bit too. How do we act excited about this? I was just reading an article of how about how the athletes are just terrified of COVID right now because if they end up getting it and testing positive, the Chinese are going to throw them in a like a, a, a cell for two weeks and they're not going to be able to compete. Wow. So yeah, they're super paranoid. Also coming up, uh, maybe it was positive Sean who convinced you to get heavily into cryptocurrencies as he almost did me. Well, if if you invested in cryptocurrencies, mm, I have news. Maybe you should stay tuned. I saw a story. So apparently Jimmy Fallon, Tonight Show host, was talking up his uh, digital ape thing. Ah. What was that? There was a name for that. The ape. The uh, Lazy Sh- Ape Lot- Yacht Club? Or Sh- whatever. 38 Yacht Club. The Sean had one of those, had one of the apes. He bought it early and then like made a lot of money on it. But it's it's the ape NFT, and Jimmy Fallon was talking about it and showing it and everything like that, and then there was some concern with the SEC if he violated something or other, which he may have, by, um, by, mm. by driving up the price quite possibly on something that he had just invested in. Jimmy Fallon engaged in a pump and dump. The wolf <laughs> of Hollywood. Well, That's I, what I'm calling him. I don't think he was on purpose, but I could see how that would happen. Uh, I, I, I just can't wrap my head around NFTs at all. Uh, so we were talking about the Olympics from one totalitarian country to another, from China to Russia. Russia is still on the doorstep of Ukraine. Let's check in on that story with Richard Engel of NBC News. This time, Russia mobilized its ships in the Black Sea as it continues its military buildup for a possible invasion of Ukraine. A Western intelligence official tells NBC News Russia has 112 to 120,000 troops on Ukraine's borders in 60 battalion tactical groups. With more, maybe many more, on the way. 120,000 troops and full-on armament, like, like Joe Biden said the other day. This would be the biggest land invasion since World War II anywhere in the world, really. They have blood banks and military hospitals set up. Not a good sign. No, it's not. And then I got—I was watching, a, I think, a CBS report interviewing all the uh, Ukrainians that are right there on the border, including a commander who'd been co- who's been commanding troops there on the border and exchanging gunfire with Russians since 2014. For eight years, he's been fighting and losing soldiers. All that time, while the world barely pays attention, they've lost 14,000 mostly men Wow! in that, that amount of time. That is a huge number. You, you compare that to America's losses in Afghanistan, oh, yeah. for instance, that sort of thing. That's yeah. a 
tremendous loss. Yeah, for it's a, not a huge country either. No, a country with a population the same as California. And they've like 14,000 deaths in all those years where the world was paying no attention. So they, they've been fighting and dying all this time. And they're just going to get slaughtered, most likely, if Russia is serious about rolling in there. It's mm-hmm. going to be ugly. So the world is trying to do something about that. Um, why is Germany doing what Germany's doing. Well, if you want to hear some beating up on the Germans, you ask a Brit. This is Katie K on NBC. Yeah, Germany's intransigence on this, Joe, is rankling other uh, European countries and other allies as well. The Brits actually didn't even ask the Germans if they could fly their planes, their transport planes um, that they were sending to Ukraine over German airspace because they didn't want to put Germany in the position of saying no. So they didn't even bother to make the request. And then the Estonians wanted to send arms howitzers to uh, Ukraine to help the Ukrainian effort. The Germans said you can't send those because they actually originated in Germany. You bought them from us. And so you can't send them on to Ukraine. So they're being pretty hard line on this. Uh, yeah. And then, God, I had another story. I know I asked for it, but I don't know if we have it about uh, how the uh, the Germans offered to send a bunch of helmets. Um, <laughs> that was all that they were able to throw in there. So the Germans wow. are claiming, <laughs> well, we can't give arms to another country like that. We don't do that. And, uh, and uh, smart people pointed out they sold more arms to other countries last year than any year in their history. So that's just a flat-out lie. There's such division in NATO, which Putin's trying to exploit, that the Brits didn't ask Germany if they could fly over the airspace because they were assuming the answer would be no. And that would have just been too loud a message to Putin that we're not all together on this. So they just went ahead and flew around them to avoid the embarrassment of that. Right. That's not right. good. Yeah, I was reading about this. Germany has just made a decision. They want better relations with Russia, especially their new more left than Angela Merkel government. They've decided they're going to do a lot of their energy business with Russia, Nord Stream Pipeline, et cetera. You've all heard about that. And they've just, they're not interested in uh, slapping Putin in the face. So um, I don't know if you followed this story yesterday, and I'll just bring you up to speak quickly on it. So Russia demanded that we give them a written explanation of a variety of things. And rather than us, and it was the same conversations they've been having for weeks about whether or not Ukraine can be in NATO, and you've got to guarantee this and that. Russia just making us dance to their tune. And so uh, we went ahead and crafted a letter, and Anthony Blinken delivered it. The State Department delivered it to Russia. And somebody asked Anthony Blinken yesterday, how long are you going to continue to jump through hoops for these guys? I mean, you've answered these questions three times. Um, I don't know. We're, we're letting the bad guy dictate terms. I, I, I think we can start saying, no, we've talked about this over and over again. You know our position. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't know what the blinker's trying to do, Anthony Blinken, honestly. I'm, uh... I think we're trying to appease a madman in the way that has happened throughout history. And you just keep thinking, well, maybe if I make him happy. Oh, you want a written version of my answer that I've answered five times? Uh, here's a written version. They're just delaying until they get all their armaments in place so they can do what they're going to do. Yeah, I think Hitler was a madman. He was a, a undeniably a megalomaniac. I think Putin is a calculating, uh, he is a different sort of thing. Uh, but I am, I, I got to throw this in and, and feel free to disagree. I am persuaded by some of the thinkers I've been reading who, uh, and this is my jump, not theirs, but it reminds me a great deal of Obama's situation with Syria. You remember the red line and the rest of it, monster regime committing unspeakable acts of aggression and expansion and quashing of human rights and the rest of it. 
Uh, it's not as much about expansion as the Russian thing is, but uh, th- th- we had no options. And Ross Duthat in the, uh, I guess he writes for the, uh, is he a WAPO or New York, New York Times? Times? I guess New York Times guy. Um, he was talking about how we've overextended ourselves in commitments in Eastern Europe beyond the point, and we did it at the point that we were at the apex of our power and the Soviet Union was ashes. I mean, there was no counter threat. So we made all sorts of extensions of American power and the friendship and the rest of it. But now that Russia is a significant force, we're overextended. We're not prepared to back up the uh, the uh, commitments we've made. And he writes, uh, given those difficulties, the Biden administration's wavering course has been understandable, even if the president's recent news conference was too honest by several orders of magnitude. The United States cannot do nothing if Russia invades Ukraine. We'd also be insane to join the war on Ukraine's side. So the White House's quest for the right in-between response, some balance of sanctions and arms shipments, looks groping and uncertain for good reason. There's simply no perfect answer here, only a least bad balancing of options. So you're thinking what then? Some sort of balance of sanctions and arms shipments and try to minimize the horror. That's as good as it gets. Joe Getty soft on communism. That's uh, one reading of it. <laughs> I have no idea what's going to happen. I listened to an expert from AEI yesterday. He said, no way. Putin's going in, laid out all the reasons why there's just there's no way it's going to happen. And I listened to another expert from another think tank I like saying he's absolutely going in and here's why. I have no idea. I have no idea what's going to happen. Did learn this yesterday. NATO has uh, doubled in size since the late 80s. We brought in all these tiny little countries that we have a commitment to go to war to defend. And a third of the countries in NATO do not meet their obligation of spending on uh, on defense. Yeah, this is what I was talking about, those obligations we made. So they sign on to, basically they sign on to the biggest, baddest bully in the world will come to my defense if I need help. And I don't have to do anything, even though I've pledged it. I've signed a contract. I don't have to do anything to help defend myself. I'm just that tough guy over there in the corner of the bar. He's going to defend me. What kind of a, What kind of a deal is that? I know. I know. It's crazy. It's a, NATO has crumbled in a lot of ways internally. Nobody likes to talk about it. Trump did, and they get beaten up for it. Oh, yeah. He was threatening our alliances by calling it what it was, which was an aging, crumbling collection of hypocrites that may or may not come to each other's aid, depending on how they feel that day. Uh, fans of the movie Fight Club are upset about what China has done to the ending of the film. Senator Ted Cruz has gotten involved in that story. Of course he has. Did not see that coming. We have another wrinkle in the whole Snow White and the Seven Dwarves story. Ah, Peter Dinklage, the uh, leading dwarf actor in America, angry at the portrayal of the little miners. Mm-hmm. Miners as in people who mine? Correct. Is that what the dwarves were? I don't know if I've ever even seen Snow White. They they mined for what? They, for stuff. Stuff that was under the ground. Cryptocurrency? I don't, <laughs> that's right. They were Bitcoin miners. <laughs> and more important stuff probably than that. All on the way. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Southern men better keep your You won't hear this song on Spotify. They've pulled the Neil Young off Spotify. Um, we have well, Neil. Neil has. Yeah, Neil has. Well, 
he made a threat. Mm. And they said, okay, well, you're gone then. Um, uh, we have dwarf on dwarf violence, which actually I've paid to see. Oh, weirdly enough. Despicable. Talk more about that later. It's around Disney's uh, Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs, so stay tuned for that. Yeah. Yeah. Just wanted to pay this off very briefly. Like all articles these days, the Wall Street Journal has to start with a real person and their experience. I guess people like that. I don't know. I just I just want the facts, please. But here's this fellow whose cryptocurrency holdings had climbed to about a quarter million dollars. He moved to a nicer apartment, bought a new truck, and started thinking about pursuing his dream of a full-time career in game development. But over the past two months, the value of cryptocurrencies has plummeted, taking with it much of his digital next nest egg, blah, blah, blah. The guy says, yeah, yeah, I don't think I'm going to be a video game developer anytime soon. Uh, and he went back to his job of, I can't remember what he does. Um, yeah, $1.35 trillion has vanished since early November in the cryptocurrency markets. Most of them have plunged in value nearly half the total of the market just in the last two months and change, which is a little crazy, a little scary. If you don't know what volatility is, you're going to have an up and down life. Well, here's the perfect place for this, then. The Dow, and this is not crypto, this is everything. The Dow has shed 6% of its value since the calendar turned. We're still in January. Uh, the S&P 500 is down 8% in 22. The NASDAQ is down 12% in 22. Um, that's where we are. And it says here... This if, is Joe Biden's America. If you had timed the NASDAQ perfectly, buying at its lowest point 22 months ago, and selling in mid-November, you would be up 110%. Ooh. That's all true, but I mean, what's what's the point of that? It's the same with the cryptocurrency thing. Yeah, you could get crazy wealthy in cryptocurrency if you bought bought and sold at the right time, and if you buy and sell at the wrong time, you could lose everything you got. Yeah. Such as investing. Thank you for that valuable information. Yeah, that's something. And if my aunt had balls and could fly, she'd be my flying uncle. I mean, what's the point of that? <laughs> you know who buys and sells at the perfect time? Practically no one. But occasionally when somebody does, you hear about them all the time. Sure. Making it sound like that's the regular situation. Yeah, yeah. Just crazy. Anyway, that's enough crypto stuff. If you're into crypto, be into it. If you're not, you're not. There's there's not a, there's zero percent chance. Speaking of impossibilities, that you are heavily invested in crypto, and we can help you at all. <laughs> or yeah, give you any information you don't already know. On the other hand, if you're the sort of person that thinks, wow, I heard a guy made a zillion bucks in cryptocurrency. Well, now you know. It zooms up and it crashes hard. Uh, by the way, something. We got this message uh, the other day. Um, let me find it real quick. I want to pass it along. Maybe you have uh, friends or something. Good morning from Michigan, said this texter. Transplanted to Michigan eight years ago and just found out I could listen online. And it's like getting back together with old friends. Thanks for being the best show on the air. Um, really too bad that it took you eight years to find us, but for anybody listening right now through whatever radio station you're listening to, yeah, there's plenty of ways to listen, like through streaming. The podcast, obviously, is the very, very easy way to listen. Just yeah. go to armstrongandgetty.com and grab the podcast. But if you move away from your preferred radio station where you listen to us, you, you don't know to go on an eight-year dry spell. 
Yeah, you know, it's interesting. Judy and I moved to a new hood. We're meeting a lot of people, and uh, and inevitably it comes up what I do for a living, and from especially from older folks that we meet, and I don't mean like 80-year-olds, just, you know, past a certain age, I always get, what radio station are you on around here? And, and you know, I'll, I'll say, well, you might get the signal for this, and might but we're globally available on the Internet everywhere or via podcast as well. So, you know, it's, it's uh, the fault, perhaps, of us in our industry. We need to be better at communicating that to yeah. humanity. Yeah, I, I've been in radio my entire adult life. I love radio. It's in, it's, in my, it's in my blood. I love radio. But I worry about radio somewhat in that. Uh, so uh, my, my Tesla, a lot of my Tesla stopped working because of 5G. So my Tesla is not 5G equipped. So I've got to take it in next week and get it dropped off and spend a couple hundred dollars to get it upgraded from 3G to 5G so I can have all the cool stuff that a Tesla does back. Wow. But I looked into the bigger upgrade on the system for the newest Teslas, be a couple thousand dollars, uh, and it said on there, does not include AM or FM radio. I thought, Hmm. really? No AM or FM radio in the latest version of the Tesla entertainment package. Come on, Elon. Come on. Why you gotta be such a dick? (laughs) Sorry, that was (laughs) unnecessary. Folks, I apologize. There's no need for that sort of casual obscenity. Hey, something I left out of the the, the German story that you really ought to know about when you're wondering yeah. why the Germans are screwing the rest of the world the way they are. Was is it? Get to that coming up next. Oh, we got to wait? Yeah. Damn it. As we already mentioned, if you miss an hour, you can grab the podcast at armstrongandgetty.com. Armstrong and Getty. Germany, unlike other Western allies, is not allowing weapons to be shipped to Ukraine. It's not allowing its weapons to be sent to Ukraine, even by other countries. Instead, it announced today that it's going to send them a couple thousand military helmets. Um, that was seen as as almost offensive, almost worse than sending anything. The, the mayor of Kiev, who's this very colorful character, he's a former competitive boxer, said, you know, what's next? Are they going to send us pillows? Germany not allowing even other countries that have their arms that they gave to them. So Germany gave a bunch of arms to Estonia, but won't allow Estonia to give those arms to Ukraine. But has sent Ukraine helmets. Because, well, why? It's all about uh, energy. They, they need to get their natural gas from uh, Germany and lots of other energy. Germany, mentioned this yesterday, has shut down three of its six nuclear reactors this month. Like, just in the last couple of weeks, they've wow. shut down half their nuclear reactors in uh, in in girding up for all the energy they're going to get from Russia. So they're in no position to lay the wood to Russia. Wow, and nuclear energy is extremely green, but they're shutting that down in favor of burning gas. That's interesting. And that uh, explains the whole why Germany's not on board with the whole NATO thing. So anyway, um, Wall Street Journal has an op-ed piece today, The Self-Created Energy Vulnerability of the West. Uh, yeah, uh, us shutting down our pipelines, Germany shutting down their nuclear reactors, and the West becoming more dependent on a whole bunch of bad com- countries. But that's uh, a story we could get into another day. Yeah, well, we were self-sufficient here in the U.S. for quite some time. I would point out, and then abandoned that 
stupidly. Oh, one to mention, by the way. I do this when I travel. It's pretty handy. We have a map at our website. And you can, if you're leaving your hometown radio station where you listen to the Armstrong and Getty Show, you can go on this map that we've got on our website and check the stations wherever town you're driving through. Or if you're traveling on business and you're going to land in Kansas City and you want to listen to the Armstrong and Getty Show, you can find out which station we're on. Or if you're abandoning a certain populous state with mountains and beaches. Yeah, yeah, find out where to listen, where you're going. Just go to armstrongandgetty.com as we are on many great radio stations around America and you can hear us live and in living color. I want to make sure I don't sound sarcastic when I say this. I have a tendency to say sound sarcastic no matter what I say. It's just the way I talk. What is the proper term for people that have a form of dwarfism? I think you're supposed to call them little people at this point, although that will be different in five years' time. Then I happily will. I want to use whatever is the proper term. And Uh, I could be wrong, again, because it changes. The most famous little person, I think, is Peter Dinklage. He's the guy that starred in Game of Thrones. Uh, he was in the movie Elf, um, and uh, he was in he was <laughs> Kramer's friend in Seinfeld. Is that right? Or was that no different guy? Different guy. Okay. Mm-hmm. Well, maybe it's the other guy that's unhappy. So Peter Dinklage, who as maybe the most famous little person in America, uh, came out blasting the new Disney Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs. Saying, in effect, hey, it's cool that Disney decided to make a woke version of Snow White and got a Latina woman to be the lead as opposed to another white woman. Her damn name is Snow White, but anyway. But they're still going to go with dwarves like we, and then he said, like we live in effing, live together in effing caves (laughs) and have funny names. Fair point. I thought it was, too. But Got names like dogs. Another famous little person, Dylan Postel, who I don't not, do not know as well. He was a WWE wrestler and an actor. I, I recognize his face. He's been in a bunch of different movies. He uh, he he doesn't agree with that at all, which is uh, ends up being dwarf on dwarf violence. Which, honest to God, I paid to go see, and this is what they called it at the time, midget wrestling. Mm, you don't have to admit that. In California, 20 years ago, and it was a regular thing. Yeah, I I got a chance to go, uh, but it was a weeknight, and I had to work. Had to get ready for the next day's show. I heard there was drunkenness there, too, so I'm really glad I didn't go. It was pretty entertaining. <clears throat> I don't know. I guess they don't do that anymore? Well, that kind of gets to Dylan Postal's point. He said that the uh, that Dinklage took things way too seriously, and as a result, he's actually hurting the dwarf community. Um, TMZ caught up with the former WWE wrestler, and uh, he doubled down on his stance, saying that the fairy tale remake actually gives seven real life people in the dwarf community a chance to star in a movie. He says getting work is elusive for these actors, so that so these roles are not only important, they're life sustaining. Dylan says Peter's actually taking roles away from dwarves and all the little people community by being so critical. And that the studios might back off such projects in the future. Um, and then also went on to say, hey, you were perfectly okay with, uh, you know, p- being cast as a little person who was kind of goofy and elf and, and Game of Thrones, but made you a lot of money. So I don't know. Mm, he was not goofy in Game of Thrones. But I've, I've never seen Game of Thrones. You know, I have all sorts of issues with this. I was reading about this yesterday, then realized about two thirds of the way through the article, I didn't actually care, and life is short, so I stopped reading. Uh, I, the the Snow White movie is is years from coming to the screen. I think it's mostly like CGI and computer animation and stuff like that. I don't. It may be live action as well, but 
um, in the way that those things are kind of uh, joined together these days. I don't. Dylan says he has no problem with the way the dwarves are portrayed in Snow White. He adds that the dwarves worked, they had lots of gems, and were very dynamic. <laughs> no doubt. No doubt. Well, I just, the only reason I find it interesting, it's a, it's an, one of many examples of this sort of thing, while by 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 criticizing it as not woke enough and not perfect and everything like that, you actually do more damage to the community you're trying to help. That that, yeah. that seems to happen a lot. It could be. I need to point this out. It could be that Peter Dinklage was just riffing because his riff was very funny. I don't know how how serious he was, uh, but he's a very very smart guy, and I just wonder. Um, we got this note from Brian, who who portrays this as relevant to the argument. Okay. I don't think it is, but it's really interesting. Uh, he says, Peter Dinklage is way off base being insulted by the Seven Dwarfs and Snow White. The story of Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs is actually based on real people, very real part of the world. Disney adapted their movie from a German tale, a folk tale probably, about these real people told for centuries before Disney ever existed. The character of Snow White is based on a woman by the name of Maria Sophia von Ertel, who lived in a castle in Bavaria with her father and mean stepmother. The dwarfs are based on the miners from the local mining town. The mines were spread over seven mountains and were made up of very small tunnels. These tunnels were only accessible by very short miners who wore brightly colored hoods. Believe it or not, and nearly everything, <clears throat> excuse me, in the Snow White story holds historical significance and is not intended to demean anyone or anything. Now, I, I will point out every single syllable of that may be true, and it's interesting. But it reminds me of the flip coin of a, a it's the flip side of there's a perfectly innocent term that everybody uses. Like picnic. Right. And then somebody says, and actually that one, as I recall, is fake anyway, that, oh, 200 years ago, that was derived from such and such, which is actually a racial term for Polynesians. So you can't say whatever anymore. It's like nobody thinks yeah. of it that way. It has no relationship to that anymore. It's evolved completely. Yeah. Well, this, if, if long ago in old timey Bavaria, there was some princess and her miners about who tended to be short. That's got nothing to do with any Disney movies. No, I, I've never bought those arguments. Yeah. My kids are not going to go into the Disney movie with all the historical background of the movie. Right. On the other hand, if you want an interesting read, and maybe I'll dig one up. We'll post it at armstrongandgetty.com. I don't have it at hand right now, but read the original versions of Grimm's fairy tales or a lot of the fairy tales we grew up with. Because it used to be kids could handle a hell of a lot more reality than modern kids do, and uh, they were graphic and brutal. I'm not saying that's better and you should read your kids that. Maybe ease them into it. Show them a couple of Quentin Tarantino movies. (laughs) And then read them the original Grimm's fairy tales. But it's uh, it's a notable contrast. Watch both the Kill Bills, then read Hansel and Gretel. Hey, a quick uh, thing about vaccination that I came across just last night, and I'm just posing a question. So I'm going to an event, bull riding with my kids at a big arena. and uh, Ride, Riding or watching? Hmm? Are you going to ride or watch? No, we're there to watch. Okay. I'm not, I'm not a bull rider. All right. Uh, we're going to watch the bull riding. A little rodeo I, I'd pay a dollar to see that. I don't know how interesting uh, my kids are going to be in this or not. I don't know. Oh, they're going to love it. Guaranteed. I don't, I don't have any idea. Guaranteed. Um, but then uh, it said on the ticket somewhere, uh, check our COVID 
situation or whatever. And I thought, okay, I better check to see if I need to have my vaccination card. Not only do I need my vaccination card, my kids need their vaccination card. My kids aren't vaccinated, so they don't have a vaccination card. Or you can get tested there on site. The quickie tests. Oh, so wow. I signed up for that. It's thirty nine dollars per kid. So for eighty bucks, I got both my kids tested with the quickie test. Now I thought most people have decided the quickie tests are barely worth doing, mm-hmm. but I feel like now. And is there a my you know you probably see where I'm going here? Is there a profit motive involved? Because who, who's making all this money? Somebody's making a tremendous amount of money by making it mandatory that you get your kids tested or you know the grown up if you're not vaccinated. Hundred percent. And you know that brings me to I'm not sure we'll have time today, but I will get to it this week. I promise. Brilliant editorial I read, uh, written by a Brit commentator, explaining how. The COVID thing and government regulations and, and living through COVID has, has gotten us used to a lot of the, the, the dynamics of socialism. Mm. How, and that's a great example. A hoop exists. A regulation exists. People realize that it's useless. They don't know how to change it. That just, it's the, the government passed it. There it is. So we're going to fulfill the requirement badly. And even though it's really not necessary, and uh, by the way, I'm going to get paid while I do it. So my kids are going to take a COVID test that after they take it, and they will test negative, as I tested negative through all my COVID, because half the people I know tested negative on those quickie tests, even with COVID. Mm-hmm. So it's not going to tell me anything about whether or not my kids have COVID, but it'll allow us to get through the door. At, at 40 a, bucks a head. At a cost of $80. Ay, caramba. <laughs> You'd be defying human nature to not think that somebody's at least thought about the profit part of it. Come on. Now, I I get that they have to buy the tests and have people to run them, and they probably have liability insurance in case somebody rams a Q-tip up into somebody's frontal lobe, uh, which is extremely unlikely. But, uh, yeah, obviously. It's like, you know, parking, uh, parking fees at various sporting events. I've poured concrete. I've maintained it. I know what it costs. It doesn't cost 20 bucks a person for using it for three hours. If that were true, your driveway would cost $50 million. I paid 100 bucks to park at the uh, playoff Giants-Dodgers game. Oh, Lord. <laughs> you think, and he asks, do you think there's a profit? Point? And they broke the mirror on my Tesla, so that was an extra bonus. Um, uh, anyway, if you have any thoughts on this, uh, text line 415-295-KFTC. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Just a few years ago, in 2007, Apple reinvented the phone with the iPhone. And the question has arisen, is there room for a third category of device in the middle? Something that's between a laptop and a smartphone. We think we've got something, and we call it the iPad. So I was on this day in 2010. I bought the first generation of the iPad. Could never figure out what to do with it and never used it, really. So I've never really gone back to the iPad. And as I've pointed out, uh, I use it every day, like all day, and so does my wife. Just, you know, personal preference. Yeah. I do everything on my phone. Your like... phone's too small. 
iPad's too big. No, it's um, not. It's so, so I was at Best Buy the other day to look at iPads because I need one for a specific work function whenever I broadcast from home. And the best iPad you can get, like Hanson's got, the uh, the iPad Pro, the bigger one, which is a really cool iPad, is $2,000. What? $2,000 with tax. It's 1800 bucks With tax, it's a $2,000 iPad. I didn't realize that. Jeez Louise. Good God. That's an expensive little gadget. Yeah. Well, it's got computing power my big old desktop never dreamed of 15 years ago. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, that's what the new pads say. You don't need the new iPads. If I didn't have a laptop, I'd buy one. The new iPads with the new chips say you don't need a laptop. This does mm-hmm. everything your laptop can do, and yet it's so much more portable and blah, blah, blah. Better for watching shows on that sort of thing. You know, if I want the $2,000 iPad, it's easy. You go to Seattle and you steal it, or actually a lot of West Coast towns. But Seattle particularly, man just stole a 70-inch TV from a Seattle store released without bail by a lenient judge who's famous for this sort of thing. A prolific shoplifter was caught tussling with security. Oh, so not only did you steal a 70-inch TV, having stolen many, many, many things over the years, you fought with the security guard. You still get out in Seattle with this judge. After a physical struggle, officers put him in handcuffs. One of the responding officers immediately recognized this guy, Lomac, as a person who trespassed on the target multiple times, that target. So you're to the point now that the police recognize your face and know you by name. A King County prosecutor called for Lomac to be held on $5,000 bail, noting warrant activity on his 32 prior cases dating back to 1985. Wow. But Judge Dillon ignored the pleas and instead released Lomac on his own personal recognizance. Because that's what that judge does. This judge has already been under fire for previous leniency, uh, lowering bail for some people, uh, lowered from $25,000 to $1,000 the bail for a homeless man accused of gouging the eye of a Seattle police officer, for instance. Good Lord. Far-left judges and prosecutors, folks, they are destroying America from within. Uh, Police officers said, uh, we're concerned he's unlikely to return to court with his extensive criminal history that includes warrant activities on 32 cases. Stab at the target, meanwhile, told the station that shoplifters strike at least once every 10 minutes. Every 10 minutes, they have a shoplifter at that target in Seattle. And that judge is absolutely condoning lawlessness and encouraging it. So no mystery how we've gotten where we are. How how does this happen in a first world country with, in theory, a sane electorate? If all of America and the American media was paying attention to this experiment going on in the progress of this great nation, I would be okay with it. Because they would all be reporting, wow, turns out these policies just cause crime to explode and murders to explode and people are getting hurt and injured and having their lives changed and wow, this stuff's an utter failure. If they were honestly reporting this stuff, it would be worth conducting the experiment. Problem is, you know, so much of the media is, is pretending to not notice. So you walk in, you steal a 70 inch television, you fight the security guard, you walk out and then you're freed without bail. That day, um, there are no quotes from the judge. Oh, oh, and by the way, of course, you got to throw in the fact that he's got 32 prior cases. Um, I there's no quotes from the judge, but I assume the judge is one of those. Well, he's stealing because society's unfair. People, it's got to be right. 
or systemic racism or something. I don't know if the guy's white, black, or uh, you know, Inuit, but um, sure. Yeah, they'll find a crazy-ass theoretical argument to excuse all uh, wrongdoing. Sure. How do you expect the target to stay in business, Judge? Well, they're a big evil business. They make money. They're profitable, so they're they're bad. They should be stolen from. If you go to Target, you can't tell. So is there nothing on the shelf because of supply chain problems, or is it because all this stuff you have locked up somewhere because you're getting robbed blind and nobody will do anything about it? Either way, the stuff's not on the shelf. Like, if you go, right. to, the, go to the electronic section of your Target, depends on where you live, but uh, it's unbelievable. They got nothing yeah. out there now because somebody's going to steal it all or they can't get it in. Wasn't true 10 years ago, five years ago. Hell, in a lot of places. Yeah, of course amazing. not. You could have the Apple. You know, we're just talking about the iPad. You could have the iPad on display not very long ago. And you could you'd go in as a customer and mess with and decide whether you want to buy it. No, you can't have them out there now because they'll get stolen. And nobody's going to arrest the person or keep them in jail. So what are you going to do? Speaking of not coming to grips with that, which is clearly true, there is another study out about pre-K universal pre-k that says what virtually every other study has said not only is it not obviously clearly good for all kids it's bad for them we'll get into that in a bit more detail next hour if you don't get next hour live you can grab it later via podcast at armstrongandgetty.com or wherever you get podcasts unless neil young has uh, demanded that our podcast be banned (laughs) for disinformation on some topic or other who knows Armstrong and Getty.